if you're like me and 90% of married men across the world, you've carried your spouse across the threshold. And realistically, the threshold obviously defined as a starting point or a point of entry or embarkment, if you will. So that gesture of carrying your wife across the threshold obviously signifies a beginning of a relationship and a life together. Traditionally, though, and maybe even most recently, we've it's had a prohibitive context, I guess. When we hear threshold, we think limit. We think ceiling, maybe, of potential. We all, I guess my first place I go when I hear threshold, pain threshold, right? What's the most I can take? Tolerance threshold, you know, uh, what what is the limit to my tolerance level for people or a situation? Uh, and then, you know, uh, maybe even a performance threshold. Maybe we have a, a, a threshold of this is as good as we can get at something, or this is as much output as we can create or generate. Uh, again, those all allude to some sort of limiting description. Uh, today, I'm going to call this episode Thrash the Threshold. So we're thrashing it. We are, you know, thrashing, of course, to beat it, whip it, break through it. Thrashing the threshold is going to be that we just kind of destroy any sort of self-limitation or threshold that we put on ourselves, that other people put on us, our past failures have put on us, uh, just any sort of thing that boxes our potential in, uh, boxes in or actually obstructs any route to opportunity when we put a threshold of a limitation on ourselves. So that's what we're calling it today, Thrash the Threshold. And, you know, what I want to do is is really maybe redefine, reestablish a threshold within ourselves, um, reestablish a definition, uh, and to where we can maybe focus our efforts on a positive context for this word and really break ourselves out of this limiting uh, habit that we've created in this regard you know we we all have done that we've all limited ourselves in some way um, we've bought the lie in some way we've invested our belief system into what other people may have said we can't do um, so I think there's a world right now that needs to hear more about what we can do I think the the common court of public opinion has judged us on what we can't do. Uh, so I, I'm i going to go at a different angle with this, and I'm going to throw this at you because I believe you can do more than you think you can do. I believe we, I like to throw myself in the bucket too because I've been guilty of the negative context threshold has to offer. Uh, I've been guilty of buying into that. But So we have more ability than we have given ourselves credit for or we've allowed ourselves to believe about ourselves so we have more of a capacity than we think even in some of the things i talked about earlier the pain threshold you know we 
we think if we experience this level of pain, man, that is absolutely just going to kill us. And, and some things, yeah, they will. Um, you can't try to eat a bullet and survive that. You just can't. And But there's some pain thresholds where you, you kind of, you don't see it coming and it happens and you're like, man, if I'd have known that was coming, I would have definitely run the other direction because I thought that would have absolutely paralyzed me. But really and truly, you know what? That was a, that was a bruise. That wasn't necessarily a broken bone. And I'm using that as a metaphor uh, of life. We, we think that if, oh, I've dated this person for this many years and if I break up or they break up with me, my world is going to crumble. It's going to be a waste of that two or three years with that person. It's uh, devastation is around every corner if, if for some reason that relationship becomes severed and we separate. Uh, it's not the case. We know that not to be the case. So that's an example. This certainly is not a relationship podcast, even though uh, we could talk a lot about that. And uh, I've learned a lot about what not to do in relationships because of my stupidity. But maybe later. So yeah, we, we, we limit ourselves and, and good friend of mine says, if you limit yourself, you limit yourself. And that couldn't be more true. And we're all guilty of it. And why? I guess because we have seen ourselves, who knows us better than we know ourselves. We've seen ourselves attempt things and fail. So we've obviously put a label on ourselves, and, and we wave the banner of can't do that. Um, we have branded ourselves in certain areas uh, to be, uh, I guess, we have limited our capabilities, certain skills that we can't do, can do. I personally around the house um, am not quite the Bob Vila or Tim, the tool man Taylor. Uh, for those of you eighties kids, um, you'll know who those people are, but I, I'm not necessarily one of those handy guys. I have tried a few things and know enough to be dangerous and, and I can definitely mess some stuff up. But in my mind, if I approach a project with, well, I'm just, you know, my threshold uh, of knowledge in this area is limited. So I just can't do it. I shouldn't even try it, but God bless YouTube. And even people like me can come up with answers, uh, to that test when it comes to home improvements, even I can figure some stuff out. Uh, still, still very limited. Um, and, and I'm not ashamed to say I've put a threshold uh, of my abilities uh, labeling myself in that area. But um, I want to get into this a little bit more. I want to talk about how we redefine and reestablish our threshold because there's more room there. There's more meat on that bone for us. And there's a world we haven't experienced because we haven't let ourselves. So hopefully this lets you walk away, maybe a little more empowered, maybe a little bit uh, seeing through some different uh, lenses here uh, about yourself. And it's not a self-help podcast, but uh, this could help you in some way. So maybe this episode is a self-help podcast. I don't know. So anyway, first one I call Train the Pain Train the pain. When we train something or someone, we're imposing our will on 
that situation and we are molding, equipping, we're utilizing our skills or our knowledge and our abilities to have influence. So why not do that with our pain? Why not get out in front of this, what we call potential pain or what we think is imminent pain in certain situations, not necessarily physically that I'm talking about, but how do we train our pain, even in our bodies though? Like, how do we tell ourselves, hey, you can handle more? I don't, how do we embrace this idea that we don't have limits that we thought we had? So if we're training our pain, guess what we're doing? We're calling the shots. We're driving the bus, right? We're telling our pain what to do, where to go, and how to react. But we can only do that if we know that pain is sort of inevitable in most things. It's inevitable in growth, physically, intellectually. If we're going to learn more, we got to just suck it up and start reading and learning and retaining and memorizing and conceptualizing certain concepts that we maybe didn't think we were capable of, but that takes some pain and investment and sacrifice, right? Same in the gym, if you're lifting weights, like you're never going to get stronger if you lift the same weight every single time for years. You're just not. So we got to push ourselves, but we know, at least in the weight room, we know, okay, when I add more weight to the bar, look, that's going to hurt. And I'm probably going to be limited at some point because I'm endeavoring into this new area of stretching my capacity to this degree. So, yeah. I know ahead of time, I'm not probably going to be able to do that 10 times because I've added 20 pounds to the bar. I might be only able to do it for five times, five reps. But you know what? Over time of that five reps becomes 10, and then we add more weight again. So it's a perpetual benefit if we get out in front of the pain, we acknowledge the pain, we name the pain, and we train the pain. That's what we're doing because we're calling the shots. Second thing under that, train the pain, I would say is welcome it. Roll out the red carpet in situations that you know might test or stretch you. You know there might be in a relationship, maybe a confrontational situation arises and you're walking into a conversation you know may not end well. There's a possibility of disagreement or conflict, but roll the red carpet out for that that discomfort that you know ahead of time might be a thing. Make it a thing in your head mentally. I'm not saying expect worst case scenarios every time in every situation, but let's think about every potential outcome. Let's not just have tunnel vision in one way or another. Let's balance our perspective in some way by welcoming certain things. Welcome the opportunity. Welcome the possibility of multiple ways this could go. But guess what? If it goes this way, that's not so pleasant. I'm not caught off guard because let me tell you, I think sometimes we interpret pain, whether it's physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally. If we, if we know about the pain ahead of time, we're, we might be less likely to react so catastrophically or so extreme. I think when, when I, if I smash my finger in the door, 
And I didn't know that was coming, right? That that shocks my system. That is a immediate chemical reaction in my brain. And it's all sudden. It's all like immediate. And I don't have really time to react. I just freak out. Okay. But if I know that, hey, that that might be a potential here, you know, possibly I don't want to shut my finger in the door. So I'm a little bit more aware of that situation, you know, and I'm, it's a terrible example, but I'm just saying, so we, ahead of time, we take measures to not get our finger in the door. Right. But we kind of know in our back of our mind, especially if you've ever done it, if you've ever shut your finger in the door, you might have a little bit of a, that might be in the forefront of your mind when you start shutting doors, right. Or, whatever you fill in the blank. But if, if that pain has hit you unexpectedly before, then you kind of know ahead of time, all right, I'm going to think about this maybe. And this is something I can avoid, but we, we roll the red carpet out for pain by welcoming the concept in our mind, not wanting it, not wishing it right. Not, I don't even think we have to expect pain, but when we think about it, knowing that it's a possible outcome, I think we're better off to handle it. So our threshold gets bigger. All right. That was a reach. I'll give you that. That red carpet welcoming. I I know that was a reach, but I do agree that we have to be not as adversarial with the thought of a painful situation. So the, the last one here under train the pain, though, is seek the peak. Right. There's always a new level of your tolerance that you can get to. And we're going to talk more about tolerance in a different regard, a different context here in a minute, but seek the peak, you know, strive for more discomfort because of the growth, you know, comes from it. Am I going to go seek out everybody that I think is a difficult human being to talk to or deal with or, or have dialogue with? No, I'm not seeking those people. But I am seeking the crest of my elevation as a person in those moments with those people. I'm seeking that my peak is elevated. Last time I dealt with this person, they were a crap show to talk to. And I didn't handle it well because I'm obviously confrontational in that moment or I'm just have my mind goes immediately to this thought of that person of, man, what a putz. Okay. But if I seek a peak higher than what my limitations say they are, or higher than what I've proven them to be in the past when dealing with somebody that's not real nice or isn't pleasant always, I want to elevate my level, right? I want to elevate my peak. And so I'm seeking that in myself, Right? I'm not seeking the peak of pain. Like, let me go try to outdo how much that hurt next time. Let me go outdo myself there and hurt more than I did this time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm seeking the peak internally of what I can withstand, what my threshold is. And that can go through any facet of life, any area of life. Right. Second one of the three that we're talking about redefining and reestablishing our threshold, right? We had train the pain first. So the second one is tempt your tolerance. Tempt your tolerance. 
how do we tempt something? Right? We, we, I guess, present ourselves with something that might be appealing or might be something that we're interested in to experiment or examine with. So tempt your tolerance. That means, hey, I'm not the most patient guy. So let me press my patience a little bit here. Let me put myself in situations that might tempt my tolerance level. If my tolerance level is a four and I want it to be an eight, I can't lock myself in an echo chamber of all the things that are pleasant to me to deal with. Maybe I go a different route to work because I know the traffic's a little bit crazy and I, or I know that I might encounter some people along the way that I don't know, maybe I don't see eye to, not see eye to eye with, but maybe I, I know that I'm going to be tested. Okay. This is another weird example, but so let's say I take a different route to work knowing, right. I've been lulled to sleep on this other way to work and my patients haven't really been tested, but how do I equip myself to be patient in the day at the office? How about I test it in traffic? Okay. How about I go this way? So I'm pressing my patience threshold. That's redefining it. Why am I redefining it? I'm taking a proactive stance. I'm taking an active role in being less reactive, right? I'm testing my tall. I'm tempting my tolerance, pressing my patience, right? That the world could use more of that. Like we don't have enough people that are willing to push themselves to the limit. We just want other people. We just go through life kind of floating like, you know, a fly in a punch bowl. And uh, when people test us there, then we're reacting to them. They're, they're testing our patients, right? What if we test our own patients so that we're equipped to handle the knuckleheads that come at us or that maybe have removed their brain and are playing with it instead of using it as a valuable muscle to think straight and rationally, right? So let's press our patience some. That's a challenge for you. All right, second on this, uh, attempt your tolerance. Let's cramp their style. Notice I didn't say cramp your style. Cramp their style. Their meaning that group of people that like to push your buttons. They know your threshold just like you do. There's a group of people on social media, on, at your office, maybe even at church, right? They know where you stand on things and they know how to push your buttons. And guess what? We let them. We fall into that trap every single time. We are sitting ducks whenever we allow ourselves to succumb to the weakness that is our emotions driving our actions. So how do we cramp their style? We redefine our threshold, right? Our tolerance level is elevated because we're out in front of that emotion. We're out in front of these situations. We aren't surprised. That, I think, might be the key to all of this, as I'm saying it out loud, 
to redefining your threshold and expanding and elevating that level. It's all about what surprises you. If not much surprises you, that means you're out in front of certain emotions that at one time surprised you, frustrated you, distracted you, fill in the blank. But it chipped away at your threshold. So now we're out in front of it and we're cramping their style when we are. The other thing too to, to this tempting our tolerance, like I, I wrote down throttle your thickness. We got to get a thicker skin. We got to put the throttle down, full throttle on our thickness of our skin and what bothers us. We're so irritated. We're so offended. That's just fuel for our social media uh, tough guy syndrome. We have such thin skin. We're so offended that we, we jump at the first chance. We almost welcome the situations that cause us to erupt that cause us to get defensive, that cause us to get angry. Like we need reasons to be pissed off, it seems like. And, and there aren't, it's not hard to find them nowadays. So what if we go full throttle on thickening, thickening our skin? That goes back to just getting out in front of our emotions again, not being surprised. We, we don't necessarily have to expect everybody to come at us or be critical or offensive but we know that that's out there right if it's cloudy and i'm going to an outdoor event i might take an umbrella doesn't mean i that it's raining then doesn't mean that it's a 99 percent chance that it's going to rain it just means that hey maybe so i'm taking it's preparation but i know there's toxic people out there that are going to criticize and judge and offend, right? So I'm going to have a thick skin, not that I'm going out and expecting everybody to piss me off. There's a difference. I hope you get that. I hope I'm making that clear. So the throttle has got to be full down, full throttle on thickness. All right, the last section here I want to talk about. Take out the trash. So we're thrashing our threshold here, which means we're like doing, it's demo day on our threshold, our pain threshold, our pain tolerance, our patience, right? Our thick skin. We're thrashing this threshold that we've customarily tried to fit into that's fit us like a glove for so many years. We're, get, we're breaking out of that. We're elevating our threshold for things, right? We're increasing the level by of which we can withstand something. So the last one's take out the trash, right? And I, I say it starts because we are all influenced from other people, right? We have circles. We compartmentalize our social circles. We have social media. We've got different avenues that we relate to other people. I say cut the relational bait. You've heard the term cut bait, right? Cut it out. Trim the fat, we used to say. 
the things we're not going to benefit from consuming, let's get, a, let's get it out of here. So cut the relational bait. The toxic connections that we hold on to for some reason, out of comfort, out of laziness, out of a pattern that we've been in our whole lives, it has created this almost this addiction to having toxic relationships or connections with people that we know don't serve us, that we know don't benefit us, that we know actually detract from us and our growth. So cut people out. And it doesn't mean you don't pray for those people. It doesn't mean you don't love those people. Heck, they might even be family, right? But we don't have to engage in dialogue. We don't have to initiate contact. We darn sure don't have to spend our time with those people. You are a product of your environment. Like this is not psychology according to John. This is not uncommon to know this thing. That is, you're a product of your environment. You are who you hang out with, right? So cut the bait, man. Trim the fat. You know who they are. I mean, unfortunately, if it's your spouse, you need to probably get some professional help, some counseling. Somebody needs to maybe intervene in the situation, or you need to sit down and talk to each other, one of the two. But I'm not a marriage counselor. God knows I've failed in my marriage several times and by the grace of God has allowed me the humility in certain situations, most situations to own it. But yeah, thank God my wife didn't just be like, Oh, he's toxic. Cut him out. You know, but there are people that you maybe aren't forced to have to deal with or get along with or interact with. And, and those people you kind of keep on a thread on a string to keep you keep them around, you keep them on Facebook, you keep them here and there, and then you get pissed off whenever you, they violate some sort of boundary that you've set, or they they have created this toxic dialogue with you and your family, or they've said something about why are we pissed off? We've kept them in our life. We've, like I said earlier, we're not surprised, right? We're in fact we know it's going to happen. Yet we continue to feed that fire. So yeah, if we're taking out the trash here in thrashing our threshold, we're cutting bait in toxic relationships. Okay, second one here. I say we all buy into revisionist history. I think we all need to be students of class called revisionist history. We have plenty of people that maybe twist things that have happened in the past to fit their narrative now. We, you know, let, let's just call it a fish story. You know, five years ago, the fish I caught was really about 16 inches. And today, five years later, maybe is 26 inches, right? We've got the fish story. Revisionist history, though, in a good context here, I'm saying we omit the past as it relates to being destructive for our future. So that could be anything 
that you failed at. It could be relationships. It could be jobs. It could be physical nutrition even that you failed every diet you've ever tried. But let's revise history. Let's learn from it. But revisionist history says, well, you know what? The reality is this. And I think it's okay to change our reality and our interpretation of how a past event affects us. I think it's our freedom to do that. It's, I think it's healthy to do it. When we omit certain things of our past, we can enable ourselves to elevate this threshold that I'm talking about. We're not limited anymore. There's no ceiling now because we've not ignored. We've taken note. We've acknowledged things of the past. We've grown. We've made notes. We've moved on. But guess what? Cut it out. Cut the bait of that, your past memory, right? Revise your memory into thinking, now, here's my threshold. It's not what it used to be. It's not what I ever thought it was now. I used to limit myself. There's a cap on me based on what my past has said and demonstrated. Yeah, I own it. I did it. Nobody's fault. But guess what? Moving forward. Got a new threshold. There's a new lid on this thing, and it's up here, right? Because I have a future now to believe in hope of a place I can get that's growth. And so the last one here is create a no dumping zone, right? So you have maybe sent this signal to others that you're the place to bring all of their garbage, all their baggage. You're the sounding board and ear for all of their toxicity and negativity. So, I don't know, I might get into trouble on this one, but you might push back when I say it's not your responsibility to have to hear all the garbage. It's, it's not your responsibility to fix all the problems. Yes, we want to be there empathetically with people we care about that are in our close circle. But we're A, we're, a, we're not called to have to fix everything. B, we're not called to have to take that weight on ourselves. And I think we declare this a no-dumping zone. Now, for your close sphere of influence, your, your real direct, immediate family, the people that are closest to you, I think this might even also apply just because I don't think we should internalize other people's problems. But I do say those people have a pass to come to us, right? So everybody else, I say we declare this a no-dumping zone because you're going to carry it. Wherever that trash is, is dumped, you're carrying that with you. It's going to stay with you. And eventually it's going to seep into your ecosystem, if you will. 
the infrastructure of who you are and how you grow is going to be dictated over time. If you allow it, it's going to be dictated by the dumping that others do on you. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't apologize for saying this is a no dumping zone. Like I'm here, I, I'll hear you, you know, occasionally, maybe the, the one time that you, Hey, can I talk to you about something? Sure. You know what? But there are people in your life that view you as the perpetual dumping zone. So every time something in their life implodes, they come and dump it on you. Every time they self-inflict a wound, a disconnection in their lives, uh, every time they self-inflict some sort of pain on themselves, like they come to you, right? You're the medic. You're the Red Cross to them. You're supposed to patch them up. I, I say no. No dumping here, right? There's a fine. There's a $500 fine for a dumping in this zone, right? And guess what? The fine for you could be, look, we need to have an uncomfortable conversation because the only time we interact is when you want to dump stuff on me. And so my threshold, if I want my threshold for things to get elevated and me grow and and my opportunities are limitless because I've taken the lid off of my limits. Like if I'm, if that's my goal, you can't be a part of my life. You can't be a part of this. Like I can't, I can, we can go hang out or whatever, but we can't make this a session every time of you dumping it on me, me taking it, internalizing it, and then throwing up my hands and saying, sorry, I can't help you or giving you some misguided advice that I'm not qualified to give you. That's a two-way street. Like the no dumping, that benefits them too. Because the more you dump on me, the more I want to try to fix and the more I give you some advice that maybe I'm not cut out to give. So, hey, you're welcome for not letting you dump on me. So that saves you from having to get my advice that I, you know, have no business giving. So anyway, that's the no dumping zone. Create a no dumping zone and let people know, right? I say you give them one, one little, one pass, right? One coupon to use. And then the next, like, we're, we're not going to set a precedent that I'm who you dump on. I think that, I think we've made that clear. So yeah, hope you guys uh, appreciated that session. Cause like thrash the threshold. A lot of us need to hear it. A lot of us need to redefine where that is. We can take a lot more than we thought we could, but you know what? We also allow clutter and other forms of pollution in our lives, emotionally, spiritually, physically, that prohibit our threshold from elevating. So to recap, we redefine and reestablish our threshold. We train our pain. We tell it what to do, right? We impose our influence on our own pain. And we expect it in certain areas. We call the shots. Second one is tempt our tolerance, right? We're going to press our patience. We're going to throttle down. We're going to double down on thickening up our skin. Okay, cramp their style. Let them know the buttons don't get pushed anymore and you don't have those same buttons anymore. Your patience has gotten better because you're going out and putting yourself in situations that test your patience so that you can handle things. The last one is take out the trash. Cut bait on relationships that are toxic. 
revisionist history. Get rid of the past, right? Change the narrative that changes your threshold. And no more dumping on you. No more dumping zone here on you. All right. Hey, with that, till next time, be blessed. Oh